Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pemberley Podcast. This week, we're going to go right into the things that we are currently watching, because Jillian and I actually saw two movies together this week. It's it like funny how that worked out. We The other night, we saw Booksmart, and then last night, we saw Late Night. Which are both movies have, that have been out for a little while. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm still catching up on movies, so it was it was good timing. We have AMC Stubbs Rewards, so. Yeah, which allows you to see three movies a week. I think it's worth it because, like, LA movie ticket prices are very expensive. Yeah. So, like, I see, like, one and a half movies. I feel like I've got my money's worth. So, we saw Booksmart, which is directed by Olivia Wilde. It's... Two girls who are their senior year of high school. It's their last day of high school. They've worked hard all throughout their student careers. They're going to great schools. Great schools, uh, doing great things. They've never like really been involved socially in with their classmates or their peers. They've never really gone out to party. They've got a really intense friendship. Like, yeah. Just the two of them. Yeah. It's they're like, like them against the world. Best friends. Mm-hmm. And they realize that all of the party kids are also getting into really great school. So they had a better balance between like having fun and being like super focused on on their academics. So they want to go out on this last night of high school to this epic party that's supposed to be happening. Before they graduate tomorrow. Yeah. There were a lot of funny moments. Their friendship, I think, is the most fun aspect mm-hmm. of the movie because they are they have such an intense best friendship. So Yeah, <laughs> no. Really I sort of saw, I recognized like a lot of best friendisms in there. Yeah. I, what's interesting is I feel like this movie was marketed as like a female super bad. Yeah. I don't think it's like that at all. It wasn't very slapsticky. It wasn't like no. that was very dirty humor. And like there was some of that, but it wasn't like the star of the show. Right. It was like Su- their friendship and them trying, like I feel like it was also about the fact that they know that they're going to have to go their separate ways and they kind of want to yeah. cling to each other. But like part of growing up is growing apart a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think super bad is all raunchy humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this one was not. Yep. It, there's a lot of like funny, lighthearted moments mixed in with like, yeah, definitely some of that. But it's not, as you said, like the star of it. Yeah, my heart broke a couple of times during that movie. Because yeah. there's like, some really very emotionally charged moments between mm-hmm. them and like the people that they're interested in and, you know, trying new things and failing at trying those new things. Yeah. So it may still be in theaters, but if anything, you can try to find it whenever it releases online at some point. And then we also saw Late Night, which was written by and starring Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson. I feel like we, as a society, do not talk enough about the fact that Emma Thompson won an Academy Award, not for starring in Sensibility, Sense and Sensibility, which she did, she won an Oscar for writing it, for yeah. adapting it, and yeah. we don't talk about it. And she did a really great job playing a like a late night host who's like had her show on the air for decades and decades and decades, like and two decades. <laughs> <laughs> That's just amazing, just like a long time. Then the network is like, "Your show sucks. It sucked for ten years, so we're taking it away." And so yeah. she's like, "Crap, I got to turn my show around so I can keep my job." And she like doesn't work well with other women, but they're like, "You kind of have to hire one, otherwise people are gonna think you hate women." 
Yeah, it's the thing where she they look at the writer's room and it's all white men. Mm-hmm. One, she fires one guy and she's just like telling her, he's like maybe like the producer or something, I don't know who he is, but she's like, just hire a woman, just mm-hmm. any woman, just mm-hmm. hire one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the woman happens to be Mindy Kaling's character who had just been working at a- Chemical plant. Pa- chemical plant, Not yeah. a factory. Yeah, she was doing quality control there, so she is a very- She's never worked in TV. She loves comedy and mm-hmm. like sure she'll like try some jokes on her coworkers and they like it, but she's by no means a professional writer and she's going into this show that is on the brink of cancellation to try to help save it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we won't say if they succeed or not. Right. But you know, it's a happy movie, so we'll let you make come to your I, own conclusions. I, I will say, like, I wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be. There are some times where, like, I don't know. There are such ups and downs with, like, how the story goes with, like, this writing stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a really great outcome in the end. I really enjoyed it. Mindy Kaling is so funny. If you watched The Mindy Project, uh, it's a lot of, like, that kind of her character humor, too, in this. So... Mm-hmm. It's really great. It's also very poignant. Like, I think it made a lot of, you know, we we work in entertainment, and so we hear mm-hmm. this kind of stuff a lot. And it was, like, very interesting to see a movie made about it. It also kind of reminded me of The Devil Wears Prada. Like, it had some Devil Wears Prada moments bit. in terms of, like, yeah. this sort of older she-dragon lady who everyone doesn't like for being on top. Sure. Like, being really hard on the women beneath her. Yeah. But then, like, they kind of come to an understanding about, like, their roles and about, like, their futures, etc. So go see it. Well, it's, I think it's in very limited theaters. Wait long enough and it'll be on Amazon. Yeah, that too. So with that, let's go into Emma Approved. Previously on Emma Approved, we are still getting to the bottom of who sent Jane's laptop. We're not going to let that go no. ever, ever. <laughs> And Annie and Emma have made a bet on whether or not Jane and Alex are well-matched. So let's start with episode 55, Mythbusters, written by Tracy Bitteroff. The auction is tomorrow. In Emma's so own, soon. In Emma's own words that I'm sure she invented, it's only a day away. <laughs> and uh, she's still trying to get to the bottom of Laptop Gate. She won't let it go. We'll not stop talking about it. We all stopped and she didn't. Yeah. And speaking of Jane and Laptop Gate, that girl most certainly covers her tracks. Not that I stuck into her office after hours. <laughs> that would be crazy. I mean, like, part, I think part of her questioning about whether or not who's behind Laptop Gate is she's like, it's a very, you know, because she's thinking about everyone that she knows, everyone Jane knows. And yeah. she's like, what kind of person would send Jane a laptop as like a romantic gift? And truly, the only person she can think of is Mr. Alex Knightley, because she's like, they're both practically practical in every way (laughs) almost said the wrong thing which would have been the right line but uh they're both very practical they're both very business oriented and she's like i feel like alex's way of sweeping a girl off her feet is by sending her the efficient hardware that she needs to complete work which is also very important to her so she gets it gets under her skin a little bit the idea that like maybe it's not just from anyone but what if it's from alex yeah because annie planted that idea in her head of Mm -hmm. like well they're great they would seem great together who else could possibly get her such a practical gift but alex so Mm -hmm. it makes sense it makes sense because Emma doesn't immediately want to go to either of them to find the answer. She puts a fake meeting on their calendars just to observe them, because I guess maybe she's in another room in this office, like watching the camera and seeing their interaction unfold. 
So it's Alex and Jane waiting in Emma's office for this executive meeting that's supposed to be happening. Really only it's like everyone but Harriet. (laughs) Don't come in. (laughs) I'm very impressed at how diabolical this is. Because like if you see an event just appear on your calendar, like come to the executive meeting. I'd be like, oh gosh, me? The executive? Okay, I'll come. I don't know what this is about. But Emma said to show up, so I'm going to do it. And it's just the two of them sitting waiting so that Emma could secretly watch them on camera, which is a very creepy thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like very much acknowledging the fact that cameras are everywhere and she yeah. uses them to her advantage. It's a really just awkward conversation. They're just making small talk. Uh, it's really Alex is the one who's like pushing the conversation forward. It's Jane just pushing like, it uphill. Yeah. Jane just wants to like hear what this meeting's about, get her action items and go do her work. Versus Alex is like, all right, well, this is Emma. Like, she's going to be late to her own meeting. So mm-hmm. I'll just try to make conversation with Jane and make the, make the most of it sort of thing. She doesn't even pretend to look at her phone when he comes in. Yeah. Like, she's just kind of like looking around the room. She's not even like, oh, wait, let me pretend I'm like texting someone to look really no. important. I do that a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, and they just kind of do a little reminiscing because they sort of all grew up together. Yeah. And he's like, remember when you got vegan lunches? at school and you're not even vegan and she's like but everyone deserves their options yeah and he's like, no i feel that and it's funny because I, I feel like we've been exploring a lot of two similar personality types yeah i'm approved like Maybe on the surface, Alex and Jane are perfect for each other. Maybe on the surface, Emma and Frank are perfect for each other because they're both like the same, like bubbly energy, gossip, conspiracies. They're like, they're over there doing that. And Alex and Jane can be over there with their like, what did did she call it? Like projection margins? I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Um, But, you know. Of how much money they'll be making back. And so I feel like this is a good example of seeing how like two like people perhaps are not perfect couples yeah because in the last episode even though annie has that speculation we hadn't yet seen these two in the same room together so now we are seeing them and we and emma are observing their interactions what they're like together alone and there's not chemistry they're just friends mm-hmm. and i think like they're really great co-workers you know they they're so focused on efficiency and results and answers so they work really well together but that doesn't in any way translate over into a romantic relationship mm-hmm. but emma's not quite sure right she sees all this go down and they're gonna go get actually i thought it was a really cute line when alex is like do you want to get vegan coffee and she's like all coffee is vegan and he's like not the way i like it because <laughs> yeah. i'm the same way emma's like i feel like there's nothing there but you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna double check i'm gonna yeah, ask alex and i'm gonna be upfront about it which i think is very mature of her because i think another thing is like maybe he's never thought about jane in that way either and if she plants that idea he's like oh maybe we would be a good match together and that sort of thing so it's like she wants to just have him if he hasn't thought about it she wants to put it in his head and like see what he thinks about it too mm-hmm. Which then she does that. She like, well, she reveals the fact that, or he pieces it together that she was spying on them, that it was a fake meeting just to spy on Jane and Alex. I mean, I feel like Emma's pretty good at owning up to all that. She's yeah. like, what do you want? I needed this information, so I did a thing, and here we are. And you can't <laughs> She's do like, anything about are it. Are you mad at me? No, because no. I got the info I needed. Yes. <laughs> but Emma outright asks him, like, if he sees Jane in that way, and he says no. I could never date Jane. Why not? Because she's all business. 
So are you. Exactly, we would be all work and no play. He's not particularly interested in pursuing a romantic relationship with Jane because they are so similar. Sometimes guys need a nudge because they're too stupid to know when they like a girl. <laughs> but in this case, it is not that. Yeah. It is like, nope, I've thought about it and no. <laughs> Um, oh, and then there's also talk of a uh, $10 haircut. And I wanted to pose this question, Yolanda, to you and the whole world. Do guys' haircuts only cost $10? Is this the world that we're living in? There was, when I was growing up, there was like a barber my brothers would go to and it would be $10. But that was also like a guy like kind of like who does other guys' hair who like, you know, is really cheap and that sort of thing. But I think traditionally haircuts are still like, they're not as expensive as women's haircuts because you have more hair to deal with. I think overall it is cheaper for them. That's nice. (laughs) Cool. So what was funny is Alex ends the episode by saying, so what I'm hearing you say is my haircut is better than Frank's. (laughs) And she kind of doesn't deny it. He also calls out the bet. Like, he's like, so you won your bet? He kind of assumes. Oh, right. <laughs> he assumes that the whole reason she did this was to, like, win a bet. And, like, she admits, like, yeah, I won. So I'm right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just like, oh, Emma. Because, you know. Classic Emma. Classic Emma. Doing her Emma thing with her Emma nonsense. Spying on everyone. <laughs> Cameras everywhere. Yes. Let's go to the next episode, episode 56, Psych, written by Tracy Benroff. It's the day before the auction, I think, still. Or is it like that the night, the day of? At oh this my point? gosh, yeah. Wait, because we were just a day away. Yeah. And then so, there's this other episode and it's still happening like tomorrow. Mm, I feel like she didn't say. I mean, she wouldn't have like changed outfits or maybe she did in the middle of the day. <laughs> um, Who knows? We don't know the timeline. But We don't know. Either the auction is, I, I can't imagine the auction is that night actually because they, like she'd be way more... So this we is, got a plan. Ah. So it's maybe like a day away still. Who knows? Timelines. Perhaps, perhaps we caught uh, an error in the <laughs> writing, uh, but it doesn't matter because it's five years later yeah. and they have their Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, this auction is the ne- is going to be the next day. And Frank comes in and he's looking a bit down. I feel like even though this plaid shirt looks really good on him, it's a way more casual look than we've seen Frank usually come to the office in. He just—he seems more casual. His hair isn't as like done, Zhuzhed. yeah, as nice or anything. He still looks nice and sharp and expensive. But <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, like, <laughs> but he just looks more like casual. He has a casual vibe to him. He seems kind of down. He seems down. He's, he's like, downplaying his personality and his looks, and he's like, hi. like he's like yeah, Eeyore. He's, he doesn't he's like hi, Emma. <laughs> he doesn't come in and say something clever or quippy to Emma. He's not like immediately flirty or anything. He's just like like a monotone version of Frank, which is weird to see. He's muted. Yeah. He's like, I gotta save this deal. I gotta fly to Berlin tonight. Yeah, 4 p.m. he has to leave. Yep. He can't do the auction. The big reason why this auction is happening and why they sold so many tickets is because of Frank and now their guest of honor can't be there. Nope. They're all kind of showing up for him and then he's like, peace. Which, like, how does that work out too? Like, if all those people bought tickets for him... And, like, to potentially bid on him, would people be requesting refunds? Or is it, like, too late? Is it a non-refundable ticket? I would call it everything (laughs) non-refundable. 
I'm like, imagine if you went to like an event like that and it was like John Mulaney's headlining this event oh and you have to be there and like the day before they're like just kidding. So when you put it that way, I would obviously like put on my big I would girl try voice to... and I would be like, "How dare you? You tricked me. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to this if John's not going to be there. Give me my money back." I would try to get a refund. I'd be like, "You know what? I I only was really wanting to go to see this person." I want I want to try to get a refund, mm-hmm. and obviously if it's non-refundable, it's like well, I either just flake and they can keep my money, or I have get to a go. Show out of it. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. <sighs> so not good for the attendees of this event. But we're not talking about them. Yeah. In fact, Emma doesn't even really panic that much. She's just right. like, well, she's like, oh that no, sucks. the event's gonna fall apart. But like, she can't do anything about it. Yeah. He has to fly to Berlin. He has his flight booked. So I'm not thrilled. He is becoming, I mean, like, I feel like we all fell in love with him when we first met him. Yeah. And he is increasingly, is undependable a word? Yeah. He's not dependable. Not, not dependable. He's flaky. He he's is. irresponsible. First, he, like, bails on the photo shoot to get a haircut. Yeah. And that was, like, kind of funny and, like, haha, you're spoiled. Now he's bailing on the whole event that he got that haircut for and missed the photo shoot for. Because he has to, you know, save a big business, which is, like, part of the Important, deal. Important, yeah. But, like... I mean, she keeps extending forgiveness to Frank for, like, all these little things that keep coming up that, like, have amounted into a big thing. It's like, yeah, he keeps not showing up or he doesn't keep his word mm-hmm. of when he's going to show up, so... Alex would never do this to her. I feel like with anyone else, she would have been more frustrated, but because it's him, she's like, all right... But also, she gets very distracted from that fact because Frank gets really serious all of a sudden. Yep. And is says something like, you're so intuitive. You know, he talks her up. He's like, you're so intuitive. Like, you figured this out with Annie's wedding. You figured this out with Maddie. I wonder if you know what I need. What you need? Yes, there's something missing from my life, and I think you might know what it is. And he's just, just like, like staring her down, and it catches Emma off guard. Yeah, she's like, "You're missing a watch. You're you're missing your watch. You're gonna be late for your flight. You should go. Get out. Get out yeah. of my office <laughs> get right out, now. Get out, go, go, go. Bye, 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 bye. You're looking at me too much." <laughs> and then he kisses her hand, and he's like, "Goodbye, Emma Woodhouse." And she's like, "Goodbye, Frank Churchill." And then he leaves, and she's like, "Holy Oprah!" Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> she is so confused because, again, Emma hasn't seen Frank in this romantic way at all. Like, they're just great friends and they get along so well and they're gossipy and together. But now she's like, was Frank just trying to ask me out? Does he like me? Do I like him? And she's, like, running through all these questions in her head in a very short amount of time. She's spiraling and she's like, and then luckily it's, Annie, once again, to the rescue. She comes in and she's like, what's happening? And she's like, does Frank like me? He just bailed, but blah. <laughs> Actually, I don't Does she even say any of that? Does she say anything about no. that Frank? Well, first off, we find out that Annie is pregnant. Yay! Yay! So Emma's going to be an aunt. Auntie M. Auntie M. Which I thought was very clever. Yeah. She's two and a half months along. So that's exciting. I'm sure, like, the... Uh, baby shower will be a thing too that emma will help plan that's what i was talking about in the last episode where oh. you're like uh annie should have extracted a planning event out of emma oh. and i'm like oh just you wait 
It's coming. I feel like Annie doesn't need to like lock Emma into a bet for that, and no. Emma will happily Emma like, will just plan take. That. She's like, oh, babies mean that I'm planning yep. and I'm heading up everything, and yep. I am their godmother. And this is how we are proceeding. <laughs> yeah, that was the news Annie had to share, and the news Emma had to share was basically Emma is like, by the way, you were wrong about Alex and Jane. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not right for each other. I asked Alex, and she's like, oh darn. But you know who would be cute together? You and Frank. And we're yeah. kind of like in a weird place about right. Frank right now. So no, she doesn't say anything about what just went down. She's just like, he bailed. And that's because Emma isn't upset at the fact that he's bailing. Annie knows Emma well enough to be like, you would be way more upset than this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you would be freaking out about this event. But Emma's not. She's totally fine about it. And that's where Annie's like putting two and two together of like, oh, so you're not mad at Frank. You get along really well with Frank. Mm. You know who'd be good with Frank? You. You. (laughs) I love the way she goes like, you and Frank. Yeah. (laughs) Because we never really graduate from the seventh grade. No. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's basically how we end is they're getting celebratory decaf tea. And Annie is trying to push Frank Churchill onto Emma. Yeah. And we're trying to push back. Yeah. Because who needs the drama? Exactly. So with that, let's go to the comments where we read original YouTube comments from when these episodes first aired, starting with episode 55. Ari Ginger says, looks like Emma got jealous. It's funny how she says she's finding out for her bet with Annie, but also investigating because of her bet. Her backhanded compliment to Alex was adorable, and his response was even more so. I do adore the two of them together. Aw. Rachel Merrill says, Everybody gets a better life. I love Emma. Strange pseudo-alternative foods, like Icelandic yogurt and celery soda. You climb rocks. She can too. Emma, watch yourself there. You're almost trying to convince him there. Yeah, that's true. She's like trying to give him reasons of why to like Jane. And he's like, no, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Amy Thomas says, I really like that throwaway comment about Miss Bates and Mr. Woodhouse. Oh, right. There's a lit crit theory about the book that Miss Bates is actually Emma's real mother. (gasps) Since they have the same first name, which was a common indicator. Wait, Maddie? Maddie Bates and Emma's dad. Because, you know, um... Um, Alex kind of throws in that quick comment of like, yeah. your dad and Maddie Bates get along really well together. You think? Do you think like they would be a good couple? Well, I want to point out another thing here, which is you know Miss Maddie Bates is um, was Harriet to Emma's dad, and we are steadfastly approaching the part in the series where Harriet is going to get a big crush on Alex. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So uh, just a little cross pollination there <laughs> from episode fifty six. Michelle Jennifer says, I love how they've been developing Annie-Emma dynamic. It's nice to see Emma interacting with a woman that she's not trying to better in any way. Very true. Because she already saved the wedding, so she's done. She's done. She's (laughs) She's like, my work is done. I'll let let her have her baby, and then I'll work on the baby when she's of age. (laughs) That's a nice long-term project. Tracy Anita says, damn, I hate Frank for what he's about to do. I feel like he's already kind of doing it. He's just like starting to evaporate from Emma's life. Just like, hope you don't miss me. Hope I wasn't that important to you because you weren't that important to me. No. Jennifer Bruyard says, just noticed that the past eight episode titles, New Girl, The Bachelor, Project Runway, True Detective, Gossip Girl, The Dating Game, Mythbusters, and Psych are all TV show titles. 
Touche, Bernie Sue. I will say that none of these episodes, I think, have been written by Bernie. So credit to the writers who... The uh, actual writers of the things or whatever Between Tracy, Angelique, Canis, uh, and Ana Vila all putting in these, yeah, these TV titles in here. Very funny. So the next thing we'll see is the Bachelor auction, which is very exciting Mm -hmm. because this is a big event. It's their first event with Jane. First event uh, since the big Elton engagement. That too. So a lot of a lot of stakes attached to this event. A lot yeah. of high expectations. Great expectations, Definitely. if you will. So we'll see. This episode has been Pemberley Podcast Approved. <laughs>